Hello and welcome back to the Healthy Mom After Divorce podcast listeners choice countdown for season one, where I'm counting down the top 12 episodes from the first season of the podcast. I am your host, Cheryl, and I'm excited to be back again today. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Remember, everything shared on this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be taken as mental health or legal advice. Please contact a mental health professional or legal professional for specific questions related to your situation. In the silver position, in at number two, is episode 39 that aired earlier this year on March 14th called how an abusive relationship works, and why knowing is crucial to your high-conflict divorce. So this episode was done in a slightly different format. I talk about an abusive relationship through the story of Christine and Dawn. I use this story to describe the arc of an abusive relationship, as well as define some new terms you may not have heard before. This would be a great episode to forward to someone who's in a tough spot and you think might benefit from hearing about an abusive relationship through the lens of an outsider looking in. It's so hard to see what's happening to us when we're in it, but I have found people can quickly connect the dots when they watch from the outside. Okay, let's get on with it. Here is the penultimate episode on our season one countdown. Hi, I'm Cheryl, and I'm a mom, coach, domestic abuse survivor, and host of the Healthy Mom After Divorce podcast, where I help moms survive their high-conflict divorce and develop safe, healthy, and sustainable co-parenting strategies. I know it feels scary, but with the right tools, mindset, and education, you can do this. It may not be easy, but there is light at the end of that tunnel. So let's take that next step together and get this episode started. Hey, Healthy Mamas. Thank you for joining me. This is the 39th episode of the Healthy Mom After Divorce podcast. My name is Cheryl, and I'm so happy to be here with you. First things first, everything shared on this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be taken as mental health advice or legal advice. Please contact a mental health professional or legal professional for specific questions related to your situation. As always, you can find the full transcript for this episode at healthymomafterdivorce.com slash 39. Finally, is there something you would like me to talk about on this show? If so, please send me an email at Cheryl at HealthyMomAfterDivorce.com with your topic idea or question. So last week's episode was about the early warning signs of abuse. I shared about part one in the Narcissistic Abuse Playbook, love bombing. The fancy dates, extravagant gifts, endless texting, spending every minute together, asking tons of questions, and, you know, maybe evading answering the ones you have. The future faking, talking about the family you'll have, the places you'll travel, the life you'll build together, all the babies you'll have together, the idealization telling you how incredible you are, how you're not like anyone they've ever met, how you're not like the girls they're used to dating. These tactics make you feel like you're on cloud nine. The highs that come from this love bombing are unparalleled which is why they work. 
It's like you've been given a drug and you don't ever want that high to go away. And that's when it starts to. Could be weeks, months, or even years. But with this type of abuser, there will come a time when the next phase will begin. Devaluation. To illustrate this, I'm going to tell the story of Christine and Dawn. They met through a mutual friend and have been dating for five weeks. Dawn can't seem to get enough of Christine, and he tells her as much every day. He tells her she's exactly who he's been looking for and is perfect for him in every way. Despite it feeling like their relationship is moving way too fast, she continues seeing Dawn. He does seem a little over the top, but he's saying all the right things, and her confidence in herself has never been so high, especially because of the jerk she's used to dating. Then one day, he makes a comment. A little dig at her outfit. Oh, that's what you're going to wear to dinner? Okay. It stings a little, but she brushes it off. Maybe the outfit really isn't that great. So she changes and they go out to dinner. When she gives the server her order, Dawn makes another comment. Wow, that's got a lot of calories in it. I'm surprised you picked that considering how health conscious you are. Okay, now there's another one. It doesn't feel great, but it is true. I am health conscious. Perhaps this wasn't the best choice, Christine thinks to herself, and she brushes it off. At first, the comments don't seem like much. They're almost tangential in passing. But over time, they start to grow. She notices that the digs, shots, and criticisms are getting more direct, more frequent, and more cruel. More and more, Dawn comments on Christine's outfits, saying they're ugly, cheap, and unflattering. As the criticisms get increasingly hurtful, she gets more and more confused. She remembers those times early on when he told her how amazing she looked on a regular basis. So what's changed? In an effort to make sense of what's going on, she thinks, well, maybe the outfit really does look unflattering. So she lets more and more of these comments pass. But soon she discovers it doesn't stop there. Dawn's nitpicking is on every outfit she wears, every meal she cooks, every time she parents her son, every new thing she buys, every phone call she makes. This spaghetti sauce has too much garlic. Don't you know how to cook? Are you seriously going to let your kid get away with that? Is that new? I'm tired of you constantly spending money on yourself. Give me the receipt. We're going to talk about your spending allowance. Who is that on the phone? It better not be your brother. You know how I feel about him. Don used to tell Christine that he loved her cooking and the clothes she wore. He told her how much he valued her relationships with her friends and family. He told her he loved her son and wanted to be a supportive step-parent. And now, these are the very things he attacks the most. She starts asking herself, what's going on? What's happening? So she tries bringing it up with him, hoping for an open and honest discussion. But instead, she's met with dismissiveness, blame, and excuses. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything is fine. You know you sound crazy, right? Stop being so sensitive. And you know how work has been so stressful for me lately. Why would you add to it by getting on my case about this stuff? You're unbelievably selfish. So she walks away in tears. Maybe it is my fault, she thinks. He follows her after a few minutes, tells her he's sorry and it won't happen again, 
and she believes him. Why? Because she wants to believe him. After all, this is the man she fell in love with. This is the man who made her feel like she'd never felt before early on. Being caring, empathetic, and trustworthy, Christine looks inward to figure out what she could be doing to make things better. So she starts wearing only the clothes he likes. She starts shopping at discount stores that Don approves of. She changes the recipes she cooks to only Don's favorites. She starts parenting her son in private so Don isn't bothered by it. She jumps up when she hears Don pull into the driveway, quickly making herself look busy so he doesn't yell at her for being lazy. Before long, Christine's days revolve around Don's moods, and she's taken on full responsibility to get their relationship back on track. She tries day in and day out to meet the standards he's set. She tries to satisfy every request he makes and accommodate every change he demands. And being as smart and capable as she is, she's often successful at achieving these new bars. The problem is, these bars are not only unreasonably high, they're also not set. So she spends all her energy trying to meet Dawn's standards. And either she can't meet them, or she does rise to the task, but he's already moved the bar up once again. She discovers that it's a lose-lose every single time. So she brings the issues up again and again, saying she wants to work on the relationship. Sometimes she's met with platitudes and artificial understanding, but then nothing changes and even gets worse. Sometimes she's met with anger and aggression at the mere suggestion that she'd like Dawn to change something. Sometimes she's met with deflection, while he constantly changes the topic and overwhelms her with word salad that's impossible to decipher and keep up with. Sometimes he tells her she's crazy, that he sees nothing wrong and it's all in her head. He says things like, I never did that. I never said that. You're remembering that wrong. I think that friend of yours is putting ideas in your head. Oh, wow, babe, you're really sounding nuts. Are you getting enough sleep? Christine becomes overtaken with self-doubt. She starts asking herself, is he right? Am I crazy? Am I getting enough sleep? Have I not remembered this properly? Now she's doubting her own reality, doubting her memory and her competency. She doesn't know it yet, but she's being gaslighted. In an intentional, insidious, and systematic manipulative process, by gaslighting Christine, Dawn is psychologically abusing her by sowing seeds of doubt in her that make her doubt her own reality and sanity. Christine is slowly losing confidence in herself. Her reality makes less and less sense and her world is getting smaller, which in turn increases her reliability on Dawn making her world smaller, in other words, isolating her, is an important part of controlling her, which is ultimately what he wants. The more she relies on him, the worse he can treat her without suffering the consequence of her leaving. To isolate Christine, sometimes Dawn uses overt tactics like not allowing Christine to leave the home without permission or demanding that she doesn't see family or friends. Other times, he uses more covert tactics like planting suggestions about what her friends or family members said or did. He says things to her like, You know your brother is mad at you for what you said the other day, right? 
I overheard him talking to your mom. I'd be careful of what you say around him. I really don't think you can trust him anymore. Now she's trying so hard to remember what she said and what to do about it. The seeds of doubt in her mind grow, and the relationship with her brother and mother suffer. Christine starts being more guarded around them, seeing them less. Over time, her relationship with them changes, and she is more and more isolated every day. Affecting her relationships isn't the only thing that Dawn is doing. Christine is now noticing the issues around money. There's always issues with money, and it shows up in many ways. At first, they both earned an income. He said he loved that about her. But after a while, he asked that her paychecks be deposited into his account instead of her own. She was told it's just better and more efficient to have a joint account. She agreed, but quickly noticed that the account didn't feel joint. She'd asked to see the bank statements, but was denied access or given modified versions. Then he started saying to her, I'll take care of the money, babe. Don't worry about it. It wasn't long before she had no access to the accounts, no information related to the family finances, and was being given a spending allowance from Don. Well, he does seem good with money, she thinks, so she stays put. It's not just the money that's getting worse, though. Now she's been noticing Don's extreme jealousy. Jealousy over where she's going, who she's hanging out with, who her friends are, what she's wearing, who her co-workers are. Even jealousy over who she dated prior to meeting Dawn. And to make matters worse, he's begun accusing her of being unfaithful. What Christine will learn years later is that in an all-too-common twist of irony, in abusive relationships with extreme jealousy, there's often infidelity. But I don't mean on her part. Don's unfounded accusations against Christine were actually a projection of his own unfaithfulness. The reality is, like many abusers, his accusations were an admission of guilt. Christine wasn't cheating, but he most certainly was. Christine finds herself constantly walking on eggshells every day, waiting for Don's next explosion. But here's the thing. Interspersed with this abuse are days and even weeks when Don's amazing. He's thoughtful, loving, and generous. He's contrite when he messes up and says all the right things. He's the person that he was early on. So Christine keeps trying. But between these good times and hopeful moments, she's met with fear, loneliness, and confusion. Sometimes, though, she gets a reprieve from those feelings. On good days, she gets to feel numb. She knows something isn't right and eventually decides to leave Dawn. She thinks now she'll be free from him and his abuse, but she's wrong. A new kind of abuse, post-separation abuse, will now begin. So why am I telling you this story? This is the story about an abusive relationship, and this podcast is about divorce. The reason is that the exact same abuse patterns and tactics that Don used during his relationship with Christine, he will use post-separation. And it's imperative that she recognizes what those were in order to survive her divorce from him. Post-separation, he will love bomb her. He will charm her, idealize her, compliment her, tell her how much he misses her. He will say he's sorry, show up hat in hand and ask to talk things out. And it may work. 
That's the unfortunate reality for Christine. It worked once, twice, a hundred times, so it may work again. The tactic he's using is called hoovering, and there's no shame in it working. Christine is in the spot so many survivors have been. Leaving an abusive relationship can feel like drowning, and Dawn's hoovering tactics feel like a lifeline. But it may not work. Christine may be totally done with Dawn. But when that doesn't work, he's going to switch to the other tactics that have worked before. Threats and rage will be top of that list. He'll also use financial abuse, legal abuse, stalking, psychological abuse, anything he thinks will help him regain his power and control over Christine. Here's the crazy part. Don will cycle through these manipulation tactics as he sees fit. They're all tools in his toolbox. That's what I want people to understand when they're divorcing someone like this. It doesn't stop. The same tactics this person used in the marriage, the tactics that worked for years and for many relationships they've had, will be the same things they do post-separation. The reality is, they haven't changed. So it's important for Christine to reflect on her marriage and understand the aspects of her that made her susceptible to Dawn, learn about the abuse tactics Dawn used, and most importantly, truly understand why they worked. Christine needs to do sort of a posthumous analysis of her marriage. She doesn't need labels or diagnoses. She just needs a deep understanding of the dynamics of her abusive relationship in order to navigate her high-conflict divorce and protect herself and her kids. She wants to build a bubble, free from Dawn, for her relationship with her and her kids. But in order to do that, she needs to know what kinds of threats that bubble faces and how to protect against them. This doesn't mean she won't share parenting with Dawn, but that she'll find ways to protect her relationship with her kids from his abuse. Understanding Dawn, who he is, and how he operates is her best defense against the inevitable post-separation abuse. It also will teach her about the things within herself that she needs to heal in order to avoid another relationship like the one she had with him. She also needs to know what the unhealthy dynamics were so that she can teach her kids about healthy relationship dynamics. You, like Christine, are a cycle breaker. Divorcing someone like this is not for the faint of heart, and you're doing it. So you should be so proud. If I was working with Christine, we'd figure out what she needs to both legally and emotionally divorce Dawn. The family court system will get you out of your marriage contract. It'll do things like divide up your assets, determine support values, and help you come up with a parenting plan. But there's lots of things it won't do. It won't give you a sense of justice. It won't bring you peace. And it certainly won't validate you and what you went through. And that's okay. Understanding, radically accepting, and managing expectations around the family court system will make legally divorcing Dawn that much easier for Christine. And understanding, radically accepting, and managing expectations around who Dawn is, how he operates, what she can expect from him, and how their co-parenting relationship will look is instrumental in Christine emotionally divorcing Dawn. 
And as her coach, I would help her get to these grounded and realistic places, both through the legal and the emotional side of her divorce. There is no healthier place for Christine than feet on the ground, rose-colored glasses off, confidence in her reality, and faith in her abilities to get through her divorce and years of co-parenting with Dawn. And a healthy Christine raises healthy kids. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review. And if you like what you heard, share this episode with other mums. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And if you want to learn more about me and what else I have to offer, head over to HealthyMomAfterDivorce.com. And while you're there, why not grab your copy of my free guide, Take Your Power Back, Four Ways to Feel in Control Through Your High Conflict Divorce. One foot in front of the other, healthy mama. You got this. I promise.